Welcome aboard. Um, we're going to talk about promoting activity and success through adapted PE. Uh, welcome to the huddle. It's, as you know by now, those of you who have listened in before, it's sponsored and supported by Gopher, uh, where we discuss issues and concerns about physical education and teaching. Gopher cares deeply about teachers and uh, and helping teachers, uh, not just selling equipment. And so I, I encourage you to check out the Gopher website because at gophersport.com, it, it cont is continually updated. In fact, every time I get on that website, it seems like it's slightly different and something new. So, you know, good work to them. Um, as you know, federal relief funding is available at your school now. And if you don't know, then you've been sleeping under a rock somewhere. But it is important that you reach out for your piece of the pie. Uh, Gophers created a federal funding toolkit, and it'll help you find resources allocated to your state and district. Search for it on the gophersport.com website again. The toolkit explains how funds can be used for PE, what to plan for before consulting with your administrator. Just don't walk in and say, I need some money. Um, success stories, uh, you're gonna see some people who have asked in a very organized fashion and, and uh, they've fared well. And then a sample letter to share with your administrator requesting funding. So just remember, if you don't ask, you won't get. And that money is out there. But I guarantee you, a little bird's not going to fly over your teaching area and drop $1,000 in the middle of your gym and say, here, go spend it. If you don't ask, it's going to the rest of the school. And you have to be aggressive. I always hear this talk about advocacy. A whole lot of advocacy is speaking up and, and asking, reaching out. All right, enough of Bob for a while. Uh, and on to our program. I get a lot of requests to offer a huddle about facilitating students with disabilities. And I felt like we needed to bring guests to the huddle who could give us direction and support in this area. Before I start, you get a little more Bob here, okay? Before mm -hmm. I start, let me preface my comments with something I tell every class I teach regardless of age. None of you are special. You're all special. Today's huddle will bring this into focus for you as we're, you're going to see, we think all kids are special. And now on to our guests, let me introduce them to you. Maria Court is a physical education teacher at Mesa High School in Arizona and serves as the department chair. She has nearly 30 years of teaching experience and is a past SHAPE High School Teacher of the Year. She has received many awards for quality teaching and is also a well-traveled presenter for the profession. She's consulted for a number of school districts and writes blogs, podcasts about instructional improvement and teacher motivation. Our other guest is Marcy Pope. Welcome, Marcy. First timer, and we're excited to have you. Uh, she's an adapted physical education specialist who currently teaches at uh, Cal State University Chico in the kinesiology department. Marcy has worked in the public schools for 25 years teaching adapted physical education and continues to enjoy playing with children and collaborating with adults for inclusive physical activity settings. She has many regional, state, national, and international presentations, and she covers a lot of topics in the area of working with kids 
in all settings. So a big thank you to both of you for taking the time to share your wisdom with our audience. Thank you, Bob. You know, Marcy, you said something to me when I contacted you about adapted physical education that I think kind of sets the stage for our entire discussion. I suggested, uh, and, and Michael knows that I hate titles, so I usually throw something out there and see if it sticks. And I said, uh, promoting activity and success in adapted PE. Um, fastest response I ever got from Marcy, it came right back, boom. Yeah, you responded by suggesting a slight change. And it, it was slight, but it made a lot of sense. Promoting activity and success through adapted PE because APE is a service, not a place or a specific class. How about expounding on that point and, and letting us know how it impacts physical educators? No problem. We always are trying to make sure we're not distinguishing the us and them kind of idea, right? Those with disabilities, those without, but it's just everybody together. And so um, really working on our language in that adapted PE, is just a service. I am just a service that goes in to support um, kids and teachers um, in whatever way possible. And some people say, well, that kid is in adapted physical education, but that's not really how we want to be thinking about it. We want to be thinking about it. They just receive the service and depending on how it is that they need it is what's up. So it's all all in the words and it's just thinking of adapted PE as just a service and I come and an any adapted PE teacher comes with some ideas and let's move together with that. You know, I wish the whole area of adapted, now, now I'm gonna get on my soapbox here, but I wish the whole area of adapted would get on board with a little more concern about kids and a little less concern about terminology and acronyms and synonyms and you know cinnamon and nutmeg and i mean oh my gosh they change what you can call these kids and how you deal with them and how you put them in you know we got to quit playing that game i mean we're, they're kids and we're teaching them and it, it's uh, i i think uh, you listeners are going to hear this break through a little bit today but maria how about you how does your district view adapted physical education well, um, I agree with Marcy in the respect that um, adaptive PE is a service to help the students be active throughout the day, whatever format they're in, whether it's in the classroom or this unified PE program that I'm teaching. Um, and I appreciate that because I need all the service and all the help I can get with working with these students with disabilities. So my district, historically, I've been doing this for, uh, this is my seventh year, it started out where we truly had uh, general PE classes and then we had adaptive PE classes um, come and go. And I always felt that um, they kind of got slighted, that they didn't have equipment, they didn't have facility, they would have to be outside in Arizona, you can imagine, with a couple hurdles or a couple bean bags. And I always felt really bad for them as we have the gym and all the state-of-the-art equipment. and. And uh, so that's how adaptive used to be viewed. And then um, it, it moved to inclusion. So I'm sorry, I'm giving you a little history, at least from my world, my neck of the woods. Then it went to inclusion where we got them um, intermixed with all the PE teachers and all the PE classes. And not every PE teacher was comfortable with that format. 
Um, so then uh, several years ago, seven years ago, I was approached to let's find the middle ground of those two and come up with this. It was called modified PE. Now it's unified PE. And they asked me to teach that and kind of marry those two worlds. And um, I did, and I really think um, it's the best fit so far. Um, so I have students, and I know Marcy, you said, we don't want to say students with disabilities, students without, we're all just in it together. And she's absolutely right. If you, you're going to see a video later to see that, but um, we all are just wanting to be active, have fun, do physical education, um, and, and get our activity in. And that's where it's at now. So I'm happy the direction that it has gone and I'm happy where it is right now. Okay. Marcy, you wanna, anything you wanna add on? Uh, uh, Maria is awesome in the way that she has perspective of student. And so I don't think I have anything to add at this time. Well, I'm gonna bring up a couple of things. Um, you know, because I've watched, uh, I've watched a, a lot of classes in my 55 years of teaching. And there are times recently, it's been a few years back, I know a school district that bought a bunch of equipment, got a big grant, bought a bunch of equipment for what they said were for kids in adapted PE. But they said it had to be stored separate and it couldn't be used by the PE teacher when for years, the PE teacher had shared their equipment with them um, once again, you say us versus them, and I'm, I'm totally with you. I think that's a great concept, but I'm going to take the side of physical educators on this because I think sometimes they feel like it's adapted versus us, number one. Number two, if you have an aide that comes in and helps, where in the hell are they besides just standing on the side and watching? If I don't know how to deal with the youngster in my adapted PE class, and I have someone coming in to help, shouldn't they be showing me how to work with that youngster? I don't, I'm not, a, she's not, Maria's not an adapted PE teacher. I'm not an adapted PE teacher. And to just tell somebody to teach them, you, you get my drift, speak to, speak to me on that, Marcy, because I know you've seen that, as, you, you know what I'm talking about. I do, I totally know what you're talking about. And let me just begin with the fact that the, a paraprofessional is hired um, to work in the classroom setting and um, they um, receive their direction from a classroom um, special education teacher in most cases. And um, they may, they have not had any training whatsoever on um, working with an individual. They learn on the job. Anytime there is in-service, it is very likely that they were not invited to those in-service meetings or, or um, uh, professional development or anything. So it is on-the-job training. Now, add into the fact that maybe they didn't have um, a lot of uh, amazing PE experiences to go back on in order to come into a physical education class. So they don't necessarily feel confident with their skills or their ability to teach. So it is our job to help them, all of our jobs to help them feel comfortable. And let me just add that there's been plenty of studies asking paraprofessionals, why, why do you sit? That wasn't the name of the study. I just want to be clear. Um, but, <laughs> but the answers were, I didn't know how to help. Yeah, it's as easy as that. So as as we look at collaboration, 
we just want to be looking at, okay, so how can I help a paraprofessional know what to do in my classroom? We can't assume they know what to do and how to step in and take over. So we are going to need to work on that together. And I know that we can talk about that in a bit. Yeah, well, I, th I think, you know, I think that's good. And I, the reason I lay that out there is because I want to get the attention of the audience. Because when I do workshops, I hear that complaint over and over and over. You're just giving us these kids and you expect us to take 10 of them in our elementary class of 36 kids. And I'm saying it's too many. And they say, no, you have to take. And, and so it's that attitude of you have to do this and you have to do that and we're not concerned about whether you like it or not let's let's talk about the human element here Either so one yeah i think i think one of the main things when it comes to considering how to support um and work together through collaboration is we all have to identify what our roles are I think there might be some assumptions and we know assumptions <laughs> when you break it down, uh, doesn't work out great. So um, so we don't wanna have assumptions. We need to each understand what our role is. And so if I know what my role is as an adapted physical educator is um, to support um, a student and teachers, um, both special ed teachers and general education and general physical education teachers, giving them um, ideas and strategies of how to support a child learning motor skills and um, of course, all the other awesome things that happen in physical education. Um, and then I would hope that a general physical educator would know what their role was and to feel comfortable in their role of being able to articulate what's going on in their physical education class and describe why they're choosing to do the certain activities that they're doing. And then for a paraprofessional, they might need a little help defining what their role is in a physical education class because when they are in their um, special ed classroom working with a student, they might see themselves in one role, but now they're being put in a situation that they're not really clear what their role is. And I think we just need to all identify what our roles are and that will help with the collaboration. And, and I think that's a good comment. When you say they need help, um, paraprofessionals that is, who gives the help? <laughs> that depends, I'm going to say, depending on what the situation looks like. Let's say that you gave an example a little while ago. I've got 35 students. I've got that one person. I've got the paraprofessional who's choosing to sit on the um, bench. I, I don't have time to work with this paraprofessional right now. I think that's when they work with the special education teacher that the that is in charge of that paraprofessional. Or if they are lucky enough to have an adapted physical educator, that can be communicated to them like, I need some help trying to identify what the role is for this person. And then that adapted PE person can do the go-between to support that situation happening. But just recognize not every child um, with a disability has adapted PE. So um, they might need to go to the special education teacher for some support too. Good. I, I think that's I think that's well spent. And so there's no misunderstanding. I always exactly. say exactly. Yeah. And, and and it has to be clear and there has to be a lot of communication. And I find sometimes that that's what's lacking. But I also want you all out there to understand that I totally support uh, and, and will always say the quality of our society is directly related to our willingness to take care of the less fortunate. And some of these people are less fortunate and we owe it to them. And, and I'm a great believer. So when 
I, I don't see it as a have to because the law says so. I see it more as a moral issue. It's something we should want to do for the good of all people um, and the goodness and find the goodness in all those people. Maria, do you want to add on? Yeah, I, I really liked, uh, I'm going to speak on behalf of the PE teacher, not the adaptive side. Um, because what Marcy said, communication is key. And I made the mistake uh, when I started, I have, uh, I, just so you know, I have about 28 to 30 students with special needs and then another uh, 28 to 30 students without dis disability student helpers. So I have 60 in the class by myself. And then I was um, getting about a lot of uh, paraprofessionals. I, I haven't heard that term. See, there's another term I didn't know. They call them aides. And they would come in about five or six of them. And I'm thinking, yes, every year I got an army of help here. Um, but then I quickly noticed that that was their break. And I made the mistake, and you talked about communication, of, say, of feeling empathy for them. You know, they have these students all day maybe this is their break and it's my responsibility to take over for this hour. And I quickly realized, no, it's not my responsibility because I'm not fully trained as an adaptive PE teacher or I'm not trained at all. So I need their help and communication was key. So every year, because there's a big turnover, this is no surprise to anybody listening, there's a big turnover in special education every year. I have to sit down with the special ed certified teacher and all of the aides and talk about their roles exactly what you said marcy like okay here is my role i'm going to teach the physical education lesson now my students here's your role you're going to be paired up one-to-one -one with a student to help them um, uh, get through the lesson any help that they need and then the paraprofessionals, here's your role. I can't have you sitting on the side on your phone. I need your help. There's a lot going on here. And uh, and then the special ed teacher, I even talk about their role, uh, the certified teacher. And then collectively, we can get that going. But I'm telling you, every year we have to sit down and have this conversation because the default is to take a break. Oh, good. The P give them to the PE teacher. Let them take them for an hour. <laughs> and that's how it's been. But communication and role roles uh, identification is key. All right, sure. well, we cleared the air on that one. So that's good, that's all out there. No, that's good stuff. I like to talk real on this program yeah. and not, not sit here and talk in platitudes and oh yes, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, uh, Marcy, I, I, one question that came in, should we have uh, APE specialists have training for general PE and and train both general PE and special ed aides together? Should they receive some kind of training together? Wouldn't that be awesome if the school district gave us a day? Go, I was, yeah, go. I said, wouldn't that be awesome if the school districts gave us a day that we could do that? <laughs> Let's mm -hmm. all sign up because that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but yes, I mean, it would be uh, an amazing thing to be able to do because it's exactly what can happen. But I do wanna be careful. We can't just say that um, all um, what do I want to say? All answers and ideas and strategies about working with people with disabilities work with every type of disability. 
it is so unique and that's where somebody like me comes in because I, I understand the different types of disabilities and some of the needs and I learn about some of the needs of the different areas. And so we don't wanna just globalize um, disability and say, well, here's you know 10 strategies, ready, set, go. Um, because it's just so much more than that. And so um, it would be quite a bit. But with that being said, uh, Maria, I don't know if you do a training with your peers, um, if, if you get the chance exactly. So like mm -hmm. if you could have some ongoing ideas, but here's what some things that have come out is videos back and forth um, that can happen. Like if um, somebody like Maria is teaching her class and she wanted to show her people what they are gonna do at a certain station, her paraprofessionals and her peer train, uh, tutors, she creates a quick three minute video that she can email them, they can watch it, and they now have some idea of what they're gonna be doing that day and some things about whatever it might happen. So having that ongoing communication is important, but um, you know, it's amazing. There are um, great adapted physical education conferences that um, are available for folks to go to, to get that ongoing professional development. And uh, there's the National Adaptive PE Conferences. Many um, states have their own adapted physical education conferences. And so to invite paraprofessionals to that, to possibly write a grant um, within the school district to get paraprofessionals to go to some of those, they would buy in because they don't get professional development very often. So they're hungry for that kind of stuff. Nice, nice. Um, well, it was a good question, and, and I, I think it makes a, a lot of sense. Um, you know, uh, Marcy, you talk a lot about uh, universal design for learning, um, and, and that's a concept that's been around for a long time. Um, and for those of you, you know, if you're in education long enough, you know, everything comes and goes about every five years. So we all move it around. But the, the, the basic definition is the development of flexible learning environments and learning spaces that can accommodate individual learning differences. And you know the reason that's called universal is because just exactly what Marcy said earlier, it should be for everybody. And we, we need to adapt to everybody. How do you respond, Maria, to the fact that uh, every class should be in a, an adapted class where we adapt to the needs of every kid, regardless. So every, say, say that question again, every class should be adaptive PE like throughout the day. So every well, PE. We, we could call it an adapted class because we, we adapt, not only do we adapt for youngsters with disabilities, but we, we adapt to the, uh, wide range of abilities in our in our class with our with, yeah. when we do have we do yeah. yes you're absolutely right i mean i feel like i've been dealing with that my entire career in a in a pe class i have uh, a beginning fitness class i have an advanced fitness class now uh unified pe and there you're right bob there are all levels i am constantly adapting and using modifications to fit the needs of all people students who have never participated in fitness i have to treat them differently than i do students who um, play a sport or go to the gym all the time um so you're right and this is and, and that has actually prepared me for this unified PE class because I've been doing it all along and you're never going to get a one-size-fits-all class 
ever in anything you do, even with coaching, you have your athletes that are all over the place. So um, I, I, I'm really happy in the direction that it's going. I think um, adaptive does has a, have a place in physical education with parameters and with guidelines. And Bob, you taught me a long time ago it, when I was your student in college uh, that you need to create an environment in which you are comfortable with. And so when they asked me to do this class, I said, that's fine, but I need to have three must-haves um, in order to make this happen. One, I need to have a certified special ed teacher in the room because when I started, I was it. I didn't know, I had 28 students with disabilities. I didn't know what they were. And they said, well, just look on Synergy. On the, well, you can say what the disability, I still don't know what that is, what the triggers are, what seizures, you know, lots. So that was number one. Uh, number two, I need to have one-on-one um, -on -one aids, paraprofessionals with the severely disabled, uh, the ones who have seizures, the ones who run out of the gym, the ones who can harm themselves or others. Um, and not have my students be responsible for working with those types of, of students. Um, and then the third, and I think we're going to talk about this, Bob, I'm not sure, but IEPs. You can, and I know you PE teachers yeah, listening. For sure. Yeah, I'll just kind of jump a little bit on that, that, you know, I have 28 students in one class uh, that have an IEP. And then I have six other classes with students um, that have IEPs. So I'm looking at over 50 or 60 students with IEPs. I cannot be expected to go to every single one of those meetings before school, after school, multiple times throughout the school year. So that was my third one. And, and I said, look, if you can meet these three things, great. I am happy to do this class. It warms my heart. It's one of my favorite classes. But I have to create an environment that protects myself that protects my student helpers and that protects the special ed students. So this is this is a good fit then. So I hope I answered that question. Yeah, <laughs> right. no, I think you did. Uh, Marcy, you wanna jump in on any of that? Well, yeah, at first I wanted to, to definitely, I get the IEP thing, <laughs> first of all. As an adaptive physical educator, sometimes I could have 80 people on a caseload. I'm like, okay, so that's like a lot of IEPs. <laughs> but, so I totally get that. And we can certainly talk about the whole IEP thing in a bit. Um, well, but, I mean, we're on it now. Maria okay. opened it a can of worms, so we might, as well, we might as well talk about the can of worms. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> so um, if I, I mean, we love to have our physical education teachers at IEP meetings. And here's why. We see so much more about what the cool stuff are that a kid sees and does. And we have an awesome way of presenting it that we really put it parents at ease a lot of times in a meeting. So I'm just going to say we PE people are pretty darn cool to have in a meeting. Who wouldn't want to hang with us? Um, mm. But I also get that it is difficult to be there all the time. And so um, I try myself to, to um, bring the information from the adapted physical education teacher, I mean, excuse me, from the general physical education teacher to that meeting. I ask them things that we can add to the IEP. Parts of the IEP aren't just the goal, just so you know. There's this really cool section that you get to talk about the kids' strengths. So I asked the PE teacher, what would you put 
about this kid's strengths. This is a this is a direct line to the parents, and you're telling the parent, this is what I see as the kiddo's strengths. And so um, you're able to take that information. We can sit and talk about the present levels of performance, and I can take that information from the general education teacher, and the general education teacher can write a little note, because sometimes they just can't be there all the time. We can even do a quick little video that can be shared in the IEP. Um, and so there's a lot of ways to support the fact that a lot of us coach um, outside of um, teaching and we have a lot of IEPs because we get all the kids. And um, anyways, there's, there's just some really unique things, but please never be afraid to share the information that you see because we have an awesome way of sharing things about the whole child that maybe is, gets compartmentalized in an IEP meeting. They get the speech report and then they get the academic report. And then we can talk about the things that not only with motor skills that we see, but how they interact with their classmates and other classmates and peers and um, supporting each other and all of that. So um, it's okay to find a unique way to share your information at an IEP meeting. But just well, know by law, we have to have at least one general education teacher at an IEP meeting. Well. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to speak to that one, too, because, um, yeah, I know you do have to have one there, but it doesn't always have to be the PE teacher. And as Maria said, she has 26 of them. Is she going to go to, you know, there's 20 school days in a week. So, what, you know, you go to those and you listen. To, you know, a parent came in the other day and was angry and upset that the school hadn't handled things as they should. And they they listened through it. Now, Maria's, there are, what, six high schools in Mesa. Um, Maria's the only one really doing a program like that, um, as far as I know. And so it's all done on goodwill. You, you can't be coming to the person who says, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put together, I'll meld this inclusive class and we'll come together and then have the special ed person come and say, you got to go to every one of these IEPs. Uh, you gave some good advice there, but you've got to make it simple. And, and we have to use other teachers. Yes, the PE teacher does have a lot to say, but someone else is going to have to bear the burden. You can't expect the PE teacher to be the only teacher, general teacher, that's at those meetings. And I think that's really works with talking with the administrator and the special ed administrator on campus to let them know where what you need to be able to do. But here's some ways that you will share your information, but sometimes you cannot be the designated general education teacher on the IEP panel. And it's fair. Yeah. And, and this, this teacher I was talking about, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you say it again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This teacher I was talking about then said enough and laid out your three things. Now in the realm of this, say what your three things were again, Maria, so they know oh. what you asked for and how you went yeah. to the administrator, et cetera. Yeah, I did, because it, it it was just getting um, more and more overwhelming for me to where um, it was being less of a joy and more of a burden. And I never, ever want to approach a class like this and, and view it as a burden. It, it, it is not how I intended this to be and why I did it in the first place. So um, yeah, I... Um, I, I felt my, because we have a brand new special ed department head who didn't know my contract or my three must-haves back six years ago. So I had a meeting with our administrator, exactly what you said, Marcy. I sat down with our administrator, 
our department had a special ed and myself and said, okay, I just want everybody to be on the same page. This was the agreement seven years ago. Number one, I have to have a certified SPED teacher in that gym at all times. Number two, uh, I need to have a one-on-one -on -one paraprofessional uh, with our severe disabled students. And then, and I hope I'm saying that correctly. So you forgive me if I'm not. Um, and number three, I cannot be expected to go to every single IEP meeting. There's just not enough hours in the day. And then I'm going beyond my contract time. I do other things other than modified PE, by the way. <laughs> so, um, and you know, the it, it was a, a bumpy conversation. The, the SPED teacher was adamant, it's the law and it's your due diligence and you have to be there and you are the only general ed teacher. And, it's, and I said, well, then maybe this isn't for me. Um, and it got a little uncomfortable, but then they started to think about what if this class wasn't there? Uh, every day, 30 students with disabilities will not have physical education. Not only would it break my heart, it would you know, break all these parents' heart and the students and their smiles and laughter and all that. So I said, but I need to protect myself or I will get beaten down and I won't enjoy this anymore. So after much um, debate and consideration, what we came up with was um, uh, kind of what you said, Marcy, is we will, um, I will go to the meetings if I feel there is something that I need to share. So there's one, I will go to those. Two, I can write a note when I see that there's an IEP meeting, I can do a note. I can do a WebEx meeting so I could be heading home after the workday is over. I can be driving home and still be on that voice call. I'm good with that. Because um, I was staying till 4.15, 5 o'clock, 5.30 sometimes with these meetings. And the third was, I, or the last point, I said, um, when we do go as PE teachers, it would be really nice if we could go first. It's still our work day, still our professional time, um, because we sit through all this stuff and we only have them for one tiny little minute of the day. Can we please go first? And so they were on board with all that. I feel good about it. I made compromises, they made compromises and we came to a happy place. But you have to stand up for yourself, PE teachers, because I, you can get bullied a little bit. Um, not, I don't mean in a mean way, but everybody's passionate about what they do in their department. Um, so it can work. You just gotta speak up and not stutter. If you get bullied, it is in a mean way. Yeah. You know, I just wanted, I, I would feel like I wasn't doing my service if I just didn't mention, I totally hear, you know, wanting to go first and getting in there, totally hear it, totally understand it, totally have seen it. Um, but I do want to encourage young, new people to teaching, sit through a few IEP meetings, you will learn about kids, you will learn strategies, you will learn things that are happening. So if there's somebody that you're struggling with, sit through the IEP meeting because you are going to hear what strategies are being used throughout that child's day. And um, you, you will leave there with something. But you're right. You're going to have to weigh out which, which ones you're going to do and which ones you can't. And I think they're the, the mass numbers. If I only had a few, absolutely. And they are, Marcy. You're right on the money. You do learn a lot. And they do warm your heart to meet the parent and tell them how great that their student is. Um, but the mass numbers, which I have, you know, uh, is where you got to be careful. Well, and you learn a tremendous amount of empathy and understanding for you know the burden that puts on a family and everything else there's a there's a there's a lot of hard parts to 
and yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Marcy. I, I, I agree with you totally. They they should uh, they should attend some um, without any doubt. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, which brings me to another question: um, How many kids, if if you're putting all those kids into one big class, when does liability ever become an issue where someone falls and gets hurt, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, uh, if you say if you have 60 kids in a gym and half of them have uh, some pretty severe disabilities, where does the liability issue and where does the PE teacher themselves stand as far as liability? Maria, do you want to hit that one? Oh, I want you to hit it, Marcy. <laughs> so, I, you I'm know, really what Marcy's going to say too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so to start out, let me just say that we, as a adapted physical education community, would support natural numbers in a in a physical education class. And what that means is that when kids are included in a classroom. It follows kind of what the natural population of individuals with and without disabilities would be, which is like 10 to 15% of folks have some type of disability, counting learning disabilities and physical disabilities and sensory disabilities, intellectual, all of them, okay? It's best if we can follow those natural numbers. But Bob, earlier you said, sometimes that classroom teacher and the special ed needs to have a break. <laughs> so, because they, wouldn't be getting the, their utility period or prep period or whatever folks are calling them at your school district site. And so they, um, by contract, should get that utility period as well. And so um, that means that period, kids get pushed into physical education. And it sounds like at one point, they came up with a great idea and Maria's got it, is let me make that a, what we term a specially designed physical education program, which is physical education in a classroom that's geared for individuals in special education um, with the certain level of need that if they can't go into general PE. So she's teaching this specially designed physical education class that they're calling uh, unified PE and it's perfect. And so now you're right. Now we got a general education teacher teaching students with a variety of disabilities. Luckily, it sounds like you have a special education teacher in there because you pushed yes. for it and, that, and that's fantastic. But not, not everybody all. gets to have that, not, not everybody. And then um, anyways, so here you are. Uh, where is the liability? If, of course, you ever feel like you're unsafe as, a, as an educator, you need to let your administration know. But I want to say that we don't, have to worry so much about most folks with disabilities, only those with more health um, conditions, and you can usually get those identified. Um, and so if you need more support for those individuals, but for somebody who has um, most types of intellectual disabilities and uh, there's not like, there's nothing different for them than somebody without. And so I think that's where we have to be careful is let's not, put everybody under the same umbrella if they have a disability, but recognize that sometimes there's nothing different that needs to happen except how the information is delivered and how much feedback that they get while, while learning. So when you ask the question, where is the uh, liability? You didn't if, give me an answer. I didn't because as with any situation, if you feel unsafe and you're in an unsafe teaching, you need to get your administration involved. 
And I'm but, going to be very straight to you teachers out there. When she says you talk to your administrator, you write it down. <laughs> you write it down, you send them a letter, and you send a letter to their... Uh, if you really feel threatened in terms of safety, because you have 30 kids in there and another 30, so that's not natural numbers. That's 60 kids in that class. Um, and you feel that, you know, liability may be a problem. If you don't write it down and document it, it'll go on forever. And they'll ignore it. You can go talk to your administrator and they'll say, oh, yeah, okay, well, I'll, I'll look into it. Very little will happen. You write it down, you write a letter, you document it, you send it to not only your administrator, but somebody else if you're being asked to do this. And by the way, I'm not just talking about kids with disability. I'm talking about any kind of class setting. Anytime right. you feel that you're going to be liable for an injury um, because you just can't handle it in the setting, the room's too small, the, the field isn't kept, whatever it is. I mean, you always Thank want to document it. And I, you know, again, I just feel like I need to make sure I reiterate that um, individuals with disabilities, for the most case, are going to be just fine in this setting. Um, if you are feeling as though you need an extra set of eyes on somebody, make sure you identify exactly why you feel that you need it, and then the support will be there. But if it's just because they have a disability, then I need you to step back and really consider um, uh, what it is that you have specifically identified as your fear. Absolutely. I think that's a very fair statement. Yeah. Uh, don't don't use it as an excuse to, right. to get rid of them and to not uh, give them the service they deserve. Um, absolutely right. And then that's, that's not my point at all. But um, it, yes, your point's well taken and I agree with it. Let, let's, we, we had some really nice questions. Let's move into these and, and see what we have here. Um, Marcy, um, how, do you, how do you keep ASE, ASD students engaged in participating to their best of ability? Um, I, ha I teach K through eight, and within each grade level, there are one to two students that are on the spectrum. Okay, ASD being autism spectrum disorder, just to make sure everybody's talking the yeah. same language. And uh, because, as we said, we like to change names I a lot. I use the <laughs> acronym. Yes, give it to me. <laughs> and just. Just by definition of breaking that word down, autism spectrum disorder, I want you to understand autism is under a huge spectrum. And so it is really hard for me to answer this question because I don't know this particular individual. Because we have individuals that you wouldn't even know that they have autism. And then we have individuals that really um, uh, find uh, their own space and might do some rocking and are nonverbal and things like that. So it's really difficult for me to answer that question um, because I don't have the specifics. But let me just go on a, a bad assumption, all right, and think that you're talking about somebody who um, is having a hard time staying in this space. Um, it's hard to keep them kind of um, corralled when you're trying to give instruction. Um, recognize that um, maybe they um, might make some outbursts or something that seem disrupting to the other class. So I'm just gonna go with that kind of idea. Number one, I want you to know that an individual with autism does not have an intellectual disability. They very well 
are listening to what's being said. It's just that they've got these other things going on at the same time. It's been described that, you know, you have an Altoid in your mouth, you've got music in your ears, and you've got really uncomfortable shoes on that are too tight, and that darn tag in the back of your shirt is bothering you. You've got all that going, sensory information going on, and you're trying to focus on what the teacher is saying. That they may be doing that other stuff because that's how they're getting rid of those other feelings, and they are listening. And so you just need to step back and make sure that you're recognizing what is it that they're hearing. Now, if there's some other behaviors going on, then you need to reach out to the special education teacher and ask for help because there are strategies that are already being used for that individual the rest of the day. If that individual student is doing something different in your class than is what is seen in other classes, then that might be something that needs to be somewhat addressed because maybe it's not a um, least restrictive environment is the term that we use. Maybe it's not the best place for their learning, um, but that needs to be identified by the team to be able to look at what that, that looks like. So first of all, I, I get that um, you really would love to have an answer about like, what do I do for children with autism? But it's not that easy because I have kids who have auditory processing disorder and autism, and I have kids who have sensory overload, meaning they're taking in too much sensory information, and then I have some that are not receiving enough sensory information, and so there's just way too much um, to be able to answer that question directly. But I will tell you that there is a document that's out there, but it is quite thick, <laughs> so that's why I encourage you to go to your special ed teacher. And it does give best practice teaching techniques for individuals with autism. And it's a national document. I just can't remember what agency puts it out, but if you Google um, best practice strategies for working with children with autism spectrum disorder, it'll pop up and- um, Okay, let's, just... let's, let's move on here because I, I, we've got lots of questions here. I, I, just, I just wanna say a, a couple things. Sometimes in PE we work really well with autistic children. They do well in PE. The reason is they love routines. They like short verbal instructions, not long instructions where they get, they get lost in it. They like um, very short verbal cues. They like visual cues. We use signs a lot of times to help them see things. So uh, some of them, when they get older, like written instructions, where they can go back. So there are lots of things we do in PE that are really good for these students. So uh, you may be doing a lot of things quite well for them and you you need to be probably a little more confident in your own ability. You, you probably can do well with these uh, young people. Um, Maria, I got one for you. Um, I wanna know how you get a high school on board for adapted PE. Um, and get a high school to realize it's important. And I'm not talking about your high school, but another high school. Are you talking about the high school or a, a high school PE teacher getting on board to want to teach this class? <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah, okay. or, or getting even the district to realize we need some help for these yeah. kids in high school. You know, um, in-services uh, are the best for that when we get all of us high school PE teachers together or elementary teachers together and collaborate and talk and talk about the program that you're doing. And I mean, I will be the first to say, this is a great 
program. This is a necessity for these kids. They deserve to have PE, just like everybody else at the school. Um, so I would, um, if, if you're at all thinking about it, or maybe as a listener right now wondering, gosh, is this for me? I don't know. It seems like a lot to take on. I don't want one more thing on my plate. I like a very structured um, class. Uh, you're not alone. I was the same way six years ago. I did not want to do this class. I, I run a tight ship and I, I flexed myself and I said, you know what, this is a time in my career. I need to do something more and those kids deserve it. So I dove in and I was very reluctant and very nervous and very apprehensive about it all, but it is by far my favorite class. So now when I talk to my colleagues, other PE teachers that don't teach this class, I tell them how great it can be. And it's the one class you can mess up. You can, <laughs> it's not gonna be perfect. It's not gonna be so rigid and you can laugh and have fun and play music and see all their smiles. And it'll be the most rewarding class that you teach. So if I can, if I can talk to other PE teachers who don't teach this class, I know I can convince them um, that give it a try. It, it could be really rewarding. Um, the, the one thing I would say to these okay. teachers is the three things that I've said already. You gotta set parameters if you're gonna do it though. Um, don't just dive in and, and, and you know, have special ed tell you how it's gonna go down. You're gonna work together. And the collaboration can be great if you can work together. Okay, um, I want to move on to some other questions. Okay, perfect. I have great guests today. Both of you are so verbal and easy to I, interview. I love it. No, that's a compliment. I mean, really, that's the biggest compliment I can pay you. I, I, I think it's wonderful. You're, you're just great to have for guests. Um, here's a first year APE teacher asking. Uh, I'm just looking for ideas and knowledge. I have classes where I have one student with a disability with no other adult present. What could you suggest I do to be as inclusive as possible with that student while still challenging other students? So is this a first year adapted PE teacher or general PE teacher? Well, that's a good question. He just says okay. he's a first year APE teacher. So, but it okay. sounds like a general teacher, doesn't it? It does, yeah. But so anyway, so that's why, so uh, I kind of got hung up on that. And so I apologize. Um, trying to they have one student with a disability in their class and yeah. they're just okay so i mean yeah i mean i can speak to that i i look if if you sacrifice a little with you know you have one person in there and you have to spend a little extra time with them i don't know about you but in all my classes i have four or five kids that take <laughs> extra time of mine and Thank i you, spend Bob. a lot of time working with them and you know, does it take away from the rest of the class? Well, sure it does. But my job is to bring the team together, to work with these kids. Do some kids take a hell of a lot more effort than others? Without a doubt. And so th I think this is one of the things that Marcy said so beautifully at the start. You know, look at them. We're all in the same package. It's just on a continuum of where we are. And you're going to have to reach out. Don't don't worry about something being taken away. I mean, what's being lost? If, if you're showing how to work with this one and you're still working, it's going to matter because I, I don't know about you, but I always have discipline problems and kids I have to reach out to and 
kids that are paying and I take a whole lot more time and I want to, and I'd say, yeah, you know, teaching would be a great job if I didn't have any students. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it might be, but you wouldn't accomplish anything. So, all right, yeah. let's, let, let's move on here. Um, and Bob, there's always a kid yeah, in the sure. class who, who wants to help out while you're looking for a question. There's always a kid in the class who wants to work with that kid and help out. You don't have to always be the one to make it happen. Bingo. Um, Thank get you. Get a, uh, a peer student. They love it. They absolutely love working with those kids. Ab absolutely. Um, absolutely. Um, this question, uh, now some of these questions, you know, are uh, these are raw, so if we have to play with them, we will. Should I advocate to have my autistic class be themselves or with another class? So, in other words, this sounds like a person who has an adaptive uh, a, a class of autistic kids, I guess, and they're saying, should I integrate them in a regular class or have them be alone? I think I know the answer, but I'm going to let you guys speak to that. <laughs> If I was to suggest, you really need to, um, you know, look at their needs is what it comes down to. And if they're probably, I'm just going to guess based on the question, that they're in a class all day already with all children that have autism spectrum disorder, then you probably want to consider keeping that environment the same. And now you're going to go through and gear um, your physical education class with that group. With that being said, now you're going to find out who are the individuals in this setting that are able to listen to instruction, are able to work a little bit independently. Then those kiddos, let's get them into an, in, uh, an inclusion class because then you're going to know they have the skills to be successful. But but you might not be able to move everybody there right away. But using a specially designed physical education class that that is only folks with uh, who have disability, then maybe uh, you can kind of see where the um, the strengths are. Uh, I always say to all of you when when we talk about uh, integrating and and bringing kids together and mixing them uh, uh, regardless of level. If it was your child, if it was your child, would you want them to get the experiences that all the other kids get growing up? Would you want them to have opportunities to learn the same things that other kids are? Or would you rather have them isolated and being treated differently than everybody else, never learning to socialize, never learning to be a part of our society? Um, I, I, you know, I, every once in a while, I'll just stop and say, what if I had a child? Would I, what would I want? And I, I think you know the answer to that question. So I think um, give it a try too. Uh, I had a, a special ed teacher say to me, um, hey, so-and-so um, is triggered by bouncing basketballs. So whenever you're going to bounce a ball, email me and let me know and we won't send them. And, well, first of all, that is not a reality in my world to check my email and email every time I'm going to bounce a ball. Turns out it wasn't a trigger at all. It's his favorite lesson. He loves the basketball. So give it a try. It might work. And if it doesn't, then you can always go back to a different setting. I love that. Thank you, you guys, because you definitely set a step forward something that I left out. And I appreciate that. What um, 
I think uh, we're getting to the point where this is a wonderful question, and uh, sometimes it's it's uh, it's not good, but they want it from all three presenters, from all of us. What is the one thing you want us to take from your message to us? <laughs> I'll give you a second to think about it. Um, I already know I mine. I think I just gave you mine. Um, yeah. I, I want you to remember the feeling of what it's like, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more uh, with my closing words. Uh, I'll amplify on that. So I'll let the two of you go. Maria, you just about jumped out of the screen now. <laughs> she I wanted know. to go first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a Budinsky, aren't I? Um, no, I guess I get excited because I love this question, and, and hats off to the person who asked this question. Um, I no longer look at these students with disabilities. To me, they're all jackrabbits. That's our mascot. These are all kids who want to be active and have fun and have a great experience in PE. So for me, the message is I, I don't look at their disability. I think, Marcy, you, you talked about this too. It's not one size fits all, it's not under one umbrella. I don't see disabilities anymore. I see kids, I see jackrabbits, I see PE. Um, and that is the best advice I could give. And when I made that shift, everything fell into place and we go in and I don't, I'm not delicate with them and oh no, they might get hurt. They might, no, they're kids, they're pliable. <laughs> and just because they can't speak doesn't mean they're not cognitively there. They understand a lot more than you think, they're tougher than you think. Treat them like kids. Um, you know, but you do have to be careful and you do have to understand. Um, hey, some stop there and they'll forget the one okay. thing. Yeah. All okay. right. Well, yes, I know. <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I don't know how to even top that because that was awesome. Oh, it was. I agree. It is. We really love for people to see kids as kids because that's how their parents want you to see them. That's how they want to be perceived. It's all awesome. But if there was one thing, it's that whole idea of collaboration. I can't even begin, you know, it, it needs to be part of every everything. And so never assume that somebody knows what you're thinking or need somebody to do. Just just ask. It's all good. And by collaboration, just just spell it out in a sentence or two what collaboration means to you. Meaning that the professionals can come together and everybody has the same weight of information. Nobody knows more than the other. We are all coming together with this with the mm -hmm. same goal in mind. There is not an expert and somebody who shouldn't be. We all have this great information. I'm happy I pushed you to say that. <laughs> are there, uh, uh, well, just let me close with my thoughts then. And, it has been said many times in many ways, the mark of a great society is signaled by its willingness to help and support the less fortunate. We all can get caught up in our own little world and we forget about those who are struggling, trying to survive or living a life of quiet desperation. Thanks to all you teachers who often sacrifice much to help others. You bring peace, success and stability to our society. Now and then, look in the mirror and thank yourself for what you have done for others. Thank you for being teachers who care. And I will close by saying I couldn't have had two better guests. Your caring came across strong and, and warm and kind and 
you're, you're just the best. And I wanted to bore in and talk about real issues, not fake stuff out there, platitudes. And boy, I, I'll tell you what, um, you, you both hit it. And it was a big bullseye. Thanks to all you listeners out there. And thanks for caring about kids. Yay to all of you. It was a, it was a great show. I enjoyed it and loved your thoughts. And uh, thanks for all you teachers and all you do for everybody else. You give, 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 and give. But that's how we feel better, better, and better. So see you all. Thanks, Thank Marcy. Thanks, Maria. Appreciate thanks, you. Bob. Thanks, okay. Marcy. Bye. Bye. See you bye, -bye. bye, -bye everybody.